Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how to make it better. We're taking suggestions from our panel, from our audience, and from the natural world to work out exactly what the next stage of human evolution should be. We're putting together a sort of to-do list for human evolution. We'll use genetics, AI, cybernetics. We dream of a day when machines and humans can live in harmony side by side, and we'll tolerate whatever it is that actually happens to be in the bagging area. I'm your host, Simon Watts, and today I'm joined by three naked apes, aren't you glad that this is audio only, in the form of our guests. Tonight's judge, deciding which idea is most worth incorporating into future editions of our species. On my left, it's Neil Delamere. You might well know Neil from his platinum-selling DVDs. You might know him from uh, all over the BBC and RTE. You'll know his panel show, The Blame Game. You'll also know him from um, the recent uh, The Big Bang Query. Eureka, yeah. The Big Bang Query, yeah. That was a fantastic one. Uh, Neil, what kind of stuff are you hoping to hear from our panellists today? Oh, I want to see just um, where they merge things from the natural world. I want to see invisibility. I, oddly, I, I can't believe I just said that. Um, I, I want to see invisibility. <laughs> um, no, I'm just here uh, because I obviously am a layman and I want to hear good ideas from people who've actually studied and not dropped out of school. So I think Lara and... Uh, <laughs> don't laugh. Okay. Um, I think that Lara and David will give us some of those suggestions. You might, you might be lucky. You never know. Okay, so he's going to judge which of ideas. We can only take one forward. Pitching ideas, so maybe it right. We have Lara Duncan. <laughs> Lara, I've been looking at your biography, and you seem to be sort of collecting degrees like they're Pokemon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you currently doing? I'm currently studying medicine. Well, I'm currently doing... SFA because I'm on my holidays of 10 weeks off so this is why I'm doing this and this is why I actually have time to prepare it's so nice I'm doing nothing but I am studying medicine for the next eight or nine months and then I'm going to be a doctor like the crap kind I'm already a PhD which is the good kind but well, why, do you kind of, why, why is being a PhD better than an actual doctor I'm sorry I really am has anybody here not killed people like that's surely the, the best thing that humanity can do that's but they haven't killed people I might that's the problem that's what scares me Whereas PhD, I'm not going to kill anyone. 
If you don't know Hopefully. whether you're studying it for the next eight or nine months, I suggest you might kill people, all right? <laughs> <laughs> this time next year, I'm going to be in hospitals. I'll be an actual doctor. Where and will any you be in hospitals? So people well, it depends know. how I do. I might be in, like, Port Leash if I do badly, or I might be in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> now I've offended, I've offended doctors and people from Leash, so yeah. sorry. No, you haven't. There's nobody from Port Leash that listens to a podcast. <laughs> 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 I wish I understood that because your vindictive laughter audience. <laughs> so you'll be giving ideas. You can see why she's qualified for this. But we're also joined by David McEwen. <laughs> David is an actual rocket scientist. How does it feel to make everybody feel inadequate? Um, I, I don't. I, I'm just, uh, no, not not really. Um, so I do, I do rockets for, for European Space Agency, but it's, it's not that hard. It's, not, it's, it's pretty, it's okay. It's got a rep of being hard, but it's just rockets go up good, rockets come down bad. So it's... It's, <laughs> it's not how you applied for the job, yeah, is it? Right. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in a few years? Rockets go up, rockets go down. Like, I showed a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, it's a Skype interview. Did you bring your up. own fairy liquid bo- Here's one I made earlier. <laughs> Diet Coke and Mentos. Like, I can do it. Is that so, basically what it is? Rockets go up, yeah, so pretty much. So I do that. I work on the stability of the rockets, so if, when they're going up, you want them not to shake around and go the right way. And if they don't do that, <laughs> so if they, if they go the wrong way and come down, then I get in trouble. But if, if they go up, then it's fine. <laughs> I've, I've never heard such a binary approach to, it's, again, not killing astronauts. That seems to be wonderful. I think we've just seen why Ireland doesn't have a space program. <laughs> we're not just taking suggestions from them, we're taking the suggestions from our wonderful audience here at the Science Gallery in Dublin. Give yourselves a big warm welcome. All right, to kick us off, and before we get delving into the realms of the unreasonable and get a little bit sci-fi, each of our panel brought along some news stories. We can see what's actually happening right now. Uh, why don't we start with you, David? What news story have you brought along? Sure. Um, so I, I saw it was in BBC News, so it was pretty highbrow. It's about this Australian <laughs> man who got kicked in the groin by a horse. <laughs> and, uh, Solid start. It's pretty bad. It's in my top two ways of I don't want to be kicked in the groin. Um, <laughs> how much would it hurt to get kicked in the groin by a horse? So I was kind of trying to work out, just kind of engineering, a mechanical engineer, so it was kind of the the mass and the speed, and I was like, well, a horse gives out one horsepower, right? That's how you measure horsepower. Right? <laughs> so like, that would really suck, right? But a Bugatti Veyron is a sports car, and that gives out 1,200 horsepower. So as much as I'd like not to get kicked in the groin by a horse, I'd definitely not like to get kicked in the groin by a Bugatti Veyron. Okay. So, all right, this guy... So what's a new story in this? Yes, let's see. Right. So uh, this guy got kicked in the groin by a horse, and he didn't have money to pay for the medical expenses. So he put up a, uh, an ad online going, can anyone help me? And this guy said, yeah, sure, no problem. And he wasn't a doctor, but he ended up removing this guy's testicle in a motel in Australia, right? And then that guy, that obviously got infected, right? So he went to the ER, and the ER like, where's your testicle? And he's like, <laughs> he's like well, I went to one of those guys who removed testicles in motels, and they're like, that's not a thing. So... <laughs> <laughs> they, they rang the police, and the police uh, found the guy who did it, and he got arrested, because you can't be an amateur surgeon. You can't remove people, parts of people's bodies, right? And that kind of got me... It got me thinking, right? That's why it got me thinking about people who augment their bodies. Who put, so there's a lot of people who put magnets and stuff into the, in, in their fingers and get a sense yes. of magnetism and put RFID chips and stuff like that. 
And a lot of times they have to kind of do all that surgery themselves because you can't, you can't get someone else to do it because it's... Well, that's weird. Ooh, good start. What about you, Neil? What new story have you brought along? Well, I can't beat a man getting kicked by a, a horse to the testicles and, and trying to get it done in, in the travel lodge somewhere in Australia. <laughs> um, there is a brilliant story I came across recently where a man and his wife, they had a baby and they went into a hospital and it turned out the a blood test that the child was not the dad's, right? And uh, he looked at his wife and she went, it, there must be some mistake. And they then, they had, see, they had the child via IVF. So then they went back to the, the IVF clinic and went, well, clearly the wrong sperm was used. And the people in the IVF clinic went, no, we're positive that the right sperm was used. And he said, well, how do you know? And he went, well, you were the only white donor in the, the clinic and the child is white. Uh, and then it transpired that they did genetic tests and they figured out that the child, uh, the child's actual biological father was his own dead uncle. You're going to have to explain that a little bit more. No, that's it. Thank you very much. Good night. Um, <laughs> I can't believe somebody clapping that over there. Somebody who clearly watches too much Game of Thrones. I could see that coming. That's, that's Oh, the old dead uncle is the dad thing. Um, so, so what happened was uh, the dad in this situation had was a twin in the womb. Right, and there's a girl there just covering her face going, oh my God, a twin! That's not the horrifying bit of this story. <laughs> so the dad was a twin in the womb, didn't know obviously he had a twin, and yeah. absorbed the other twin. Think of John without Edward. <laughs> and then he absorbed the other twin, uh, and so that child was never born, but that child in the womb turned out to be the father of the baby that was actually born. So, and it's called the chimera, I believe. Yeah, so actually what you're saying is not the dead uncle, it's the very much alive uncle, which is part of him. She's been cheating on him with his own body. Cheating on him with his own brother who was never born. It's Ryan Giggs all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and the weird thing about the story, the end of the story is, is that it can happen with women as well. Yeah. So there was a recent case where a woman uh, and uh, got divorced, I think, from a partner, and then they had to prove. I think she was getting maintenance, or whatever, and then she had to prove that she was the child's mother. She converted a child, and the child had different DNA to her. And they went, "Well, no, you're not the you're not the mammy." That means she's like, "It came out of me. I saw it." <laughs> but you could have the best teenage strop of, "You're not my real mom." So it kind of yes, yeah. So so it can happen. Yeah, that it's called it's weird. called chimera. Um, I think the shocking thing, as I've been looking up this a bit, is that it might even be common. So really? This has been debated. That the question is, how much is absorbed? So it could well be that we've got some chimeras in the audience, which is why I thought you were putting your hand up. You never know. <laughs> or maybe you were putting your uncle's hand up. <laughs> Good story. It's your turn, Laura. Something went really yeah, wrong there in the middle, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand what I said myself there, to be honest with you. <laughs> um. So the idea is that cyborgs are very soon to be real. So there's um, this researcher who he published it first in 2012 and now in 2016. And what they've done is they've taken little um, bits of kind of you'll, you'll be better at this sort of bit, bits of metal and made mm. little kind yeah, of right. metal, metal yeah. with <laughs> silicon and stuff on it. Cool. And they've grown cells over it. And what they've done is the cells have actually grown so that they are now part of the little metally grid type things. And they've grown heart cells. And the heart cells started beating. And they're going to use these now as patches. So when we have a heart attack, I do know this, or I should know this. When you have a heart attack, part of your, your heart cells die, and they don't grow back again. 
And uh, so then you have this big old broken bit in your heart and you can get arrhythmias, which is all kind of boring medicine stuff and I can't explain it, so I'm not going to. And what they can do, hopefully, in the future is take these patches and they're going to put them on your heart and they can feedback information. So you'll be like a bit part robot and a bit part human. Feedback information and use them as pacemakers. And also they'll be able to tell if like drugs are working and all sorts of different things. So it'll be a new real heart patch that'll have all inbuilt science-y, robot-y things in it. This is real science. This is stuff that's actually happening. So now, let's get ambitious. Combining biology and ambition, what would we like to see in the next stage of human evolution? Our panel's going to give us some pitches. Can we start with you, David? What are you going to do? We can. are you going to pimp our kind? So I'm kind of looking at, I'm looking at space, because it'll be space. But uh, I, I think that we're really weak. Actually, humans are really weak against small things in general. Really good. Not too many people get eaten by tigers anymore. That can, that's pretty low. But things like small things like viruses and in space the problem is radiation so little little particles coming off the sun and coming from out of the solar system when we're going to deep space we're going to mars they go and they will go through the spacecraft and go through our skin and rip apart our dna yes. and will wreck us right so and then when our dna tries to replicate our cells get destroyed then we're going to get cancer right so i think that humans should have kind of a, a natural shield against radiation right so that, that's my upgrade and how we do that is, is the interesting problem. So how, how we don't have a problem with that on Earth, right? Because we have a magnetosphere going around. So the, the center of the Earth is uh, so it's a magnetic core, and then that can deflect all the particles coming to the Earth, right? So we're fine. But when we're in space, we don't have that. So I think we should put kind of a giant electromagnet inside people. And then we'll turn that on and kind of create our own little magnetosphere around us. So then when we're in space, we should that will kind of get rid of the particles. Is there any disadvantage to sticking to <laughs> Judging by the fact how high your voice went over the end of that sentence, is there any disadvantage? I think there probably is. Did so, you just end up stuck to a fridge? Well, how do we power it? Is, is what I say. So I think we should power it by a radio isotope thermoelectric generator, right? So I think that should go in there. I know what you think. You think that's going to cause more radiation what, inside your body now. But we'll cover that in lead, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I don't know the solution to that problem, but I've solved the solution to the kind of the outside radiation coming in. So, so you have a power source in your chest. Yeah, you put is it. Is that an Iron Man? Is it not? Yeah, we we'll do that. But we do. We use these generators in spacecraft already. But we tend to put them kind of on the outside of the spacecraft and put them on a long boom so they're not close to us. But because of the lethal. He's, yeah, he's just going to beat us every time by going. Well, we do this in space <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, but look, we might be able to beat this in biology instead because there are creatures out there which do appear to be a bit radiation proof. So Deinococcus radiogerans is a hard as nails. I think it's actually in the Guinness World Records as the hardest living thing, like the kind of Chuck Norris of bacteria. And it's, it can survive extreme radiation. In this case, it's because it repairs DNA in a way that none of, nothing else can. Right. But are you kind of hoping that if you stick enough lethal stuff inside us, it will just fight? It just out? balance things out kind of generally, yeah. Uh, You're like the kind of person who says, I've had a tequila, so now... <laughs> let's have ten more. The Irish yeah. coffee was born out of this logic of sobriety and drunkenness mixed equally. I have more solutions, if you want. Yes, please. Want <laughs> <laughs> so the other way the Earth protects ourselves against uh, th these uh, particles, uh, radiation particles, is through our atmosphere, right? So that, that blocks it. So our atmosphere is basically kind of gives us about a meter of steel kind of protection. You know, that's, that's its level. So um, and if we create a little atmosphere around ourselves, uh, I think ideally that'd be hydrogen, right? Because you need to create <laughs> particles that are around the same size as, as these alpha particles coming in, and hydrogen's about the same size. 
So if we could kind of split all the water in our body and create hydrogen, just create a kind of gas of hydrogen around us, that might work. Okay. Flammable, explosive hydrogen. And probably lower power, we might be able gas. to do that. Can, I, can uh, I just ask, phone um, charger. do you know the Hindenburg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, was yeah. that not an issue there with the hydrogen? It was, yeah, yeah, but... Uh, do you do this in space, do you? <laughs> we'll work around that. We'll, we'll, we'll put a bubble around it. And How would you separate the water to get into hydrogen and oxygen? You, you put electricity through it. And then. And you've luckily got a radioactive source for electricity anyway. Yeah, so you could do that. Or you, I think oh, you I could do a lower you. power. I thought you were like, literally no, no, talking no. to me. Because like, what you're suggesting, you could also power your iPhone. Like, listen, there's you other advantages to this. You could have USB ports in your arms and stuff. More ports. I have one more solution. <laughs> You've got one more. Jeez, okay. Well. This is like a guy, they're throwing him down the stairs in Dragon's Den, and you're going, no, I've got one more idea. <laughs> so there's the material. So the problem with, with doing shielding, putting loads of shielding on these spacecraft, is that it's really heavy and that's really bad because it costs yeah. lots of money to put up. So they're trying to develop new materials that are better at shielding. Uh, and one of them is boron nitride uh, nanotubes. Right? And how does it kill you? Because this is the theme here. Uh, yeah, well, you'd have to probably weave it into your skin <laughs> um, <laughs> to kind of protect. Because it's very thin and it's flexible, but you weave it into your skin and then a bit of hydrogen go in between again. <laughs> and, uh, but that might do well. And you'd be more flexible and you wouldn't, you wouldn't need, that'd be passive, so you wouldn't need the radioactivity inside you. So that's a plus. Neil, is this on our shortlist? Um, I'm thinking a lot of this may be solved with just wearing a tinfoil suit. Um, yeah. Oh, you're, you're agreeing well, with me? Well, ha it would have to be like maybe three metres thick. Okay. So mobility would be a problem. It, it, yeah, but mobility might be an issue, but I, I'm, I'm tending towards the immobile side of things rather than carrying your own power source around in your chest and weaving stuff into your skin. Mm. Um, but I'd like his ideas. As Bill Cullen would say, he has moxie. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't rule it out off the shortlist. Like, I like someone who's quite understated the way David was and then gave us three possible solutions to the problem. So I think it is on the shortlist for the moment, yeah. Thanks, Neil. Okay. Why the sharp intake of breath? He's not going to do it to you forcibly. This isn't the motel. There's absolutely no guarantee of that. Yeah. Would you? It's true. Need to <laughs> Ask him nicely. Say please. You never know. Uh, do we have all these um, materials that you're going to use? Are they yeah. common on Earth? Yeah. Yeah. All those things exist. So you can do that. You can create, create that generator for power. You can create the electromagnets. It's just coils and electricity. Um, and this new material has been developed on Earth, which is where we develop everything. <laughs> well, no, not technically. I mean, they do experiments in microgravity, don't they? So yeah, surely you develop things in space. That's low Earth orbit. That's, that's Earth. <laughs> Us, low Earth is Earth. Can no. we just... We're not the hobbits, if this is what you mean. Is that uh, speak for yourself. Okay. <laughs> so International Space Station's in low water orbit, so that, that's not really fully out in, in space. It's in oh. our atmosphere. Okay, our I'm atmosphere. just thinking I'm never going to get directions from you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm in Port Leash. Yeah, it's, it's low <laughs> Mullingar orbit. <laughs> Wait, somebody's got something out. Do you mind telling us just, your name? Just actually as well? uh, Ryan, just actually speaking about directions, would the first one make you magnetic as well? Yeah, you'd be magnetic. Would yeah. that mess with your navigation in your spaceship quite a lot? Uh, well, it depends. Well, it's navigation in spacecraft. Uh, a lot of it's done by star trackers and light, so you look for star patterns and then you, you do that. But it's not just an old compass, like what I showed It might affect other things because you have an electrical system. So would stuff actually stick to you? You yeah, would be magnetic? Question. You would, yeah. But we'll just make the, everything outside of plastic. 
Everything else. Everything else, or non-ferrous metals. They you see, you see, in fairness, he's clearly mentally ill, but he's like, he's, he's, he lives in a dream world, but he has constructed this dream world out of mainly plastic picked materials. Like, it's, it's definitely on the shortlist now. That man over there threw a random question at him and he was able to answer it. So he's number one on the shortlist, to be honest with you. Could you, could you still use a microwave? Could you, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, see, that wasn't related to what you're suggesting. I just wanted to throw you a curveball to see if you, and you went, yeah, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. You might well be the microwave you for the sunset. Yeah. Okay, Lara, you're up against a, a hard-hitting idea here. What is your suggestion? Yeah, he's so smug. Look at him. He's just so smug. Um, okay, so you're all aware that most of your movements are voluntary, so if you want to put your hand up or if you want to clap for David's terrible idea. You can do that yourself. But you also know that a lot of things inside you are involuntary. So you obviously don't have to think about breathing. Although you do actually have to think about breathing out, which is a fact. You don't have to think about breathing in, but you can actually forget to breathe out. And you don't have to think about your heartbeat, and you don't have to think about digesting and all these things, which seems great, right? But I actually think that's crap. And that's the thing I want to change. Okay. So I, I think that evolution sort of sat there kind of going, ah, oh, you're not really smart enough to look after that. We'll look after that for you, right? And then, and you just look after the really easy things. And I think it's a little condescending out of evolution. So <laughs> what I want to do, I'm sorry, you're an evolutionary biologist, aren't you actually? Yeah, I am, but yeah, I, so I like we'll, we'll have words <laughs> afterwards. So, so what I'm I reckon is... hell by any chance? That's the normal <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, probably. Now, I'm not talking about, like, probably. the heartbeat. <laughs> The heartbeat. <laughs> I'm not talking about the heartbeat. I don't want to control that. That's way too much effort. And you have to remember to keep it going. And Jesus, I wouldn't be able for that. But have you ever... Now, I'm actually going to get more specific because I'm an immunologist. So I'm going to come around to the immune system. But have you ever been at a festival, right? And do you ever want to just sort of reason with your bowels on the Friday afternoon and just go, <laughs> lads, right? You and me need to get through this together. You just do nothing. And then on Monday morning, you can have at it. It's all yours. Back to the porcelain throne. And it never works. Never, ever, ever works, right? <laughs> so I reckon if you could reason with the involuntary things and if you could control them, this would be great. So my theory is, because I'm, well, I'm kind of a former immunologist, I'm sort of fake now, but um, I technically did a doctorate, so sort of I still get to cling on to that. And I reckon you should be able to control your immune system, right? Now, I haven't come up exactly with a method for how it's going to work, which is kind of exactly what my job was to do today. So this sounds like I haven't prepped this, but I have. So, at the moment, right, if you vaccinate yourself or hopefully get a doctor to vaccinate you, because we're not all able to go to motel rooms in Australia for our medical supplies, um, your immune system goes in, it sees this bacteria or this part of a virus, and then the next time it sees it, you're kind of immune against it. So it sounds perfect. But then why do we get sick, right? So people still get viruses, and you still get, like, cancers, you get all sorts of things wrong with you. So I think it'd be class, right, if, say, I got a cold last Monday, like, not the Monday just gone. Like, a weekend two days ago. And I'm still sick. And, like, it's grand. Like, I'm not going to die. I'm fine. But it's so annoying. And I'd love to just, have mo on Monday, have been like, okay, like, here's a little bit of the virus. And, like, I kind of see it being in through the belly button. So it would be like a sniffer dog, right? And so you kind of, you call your immune system to your belly button because it seems the most obvious place. Like, you're all thinking it before I said it. So you get the bit of the virus, you've sneezed it out or something like that, and then you, you kind of bring it up to your belly button, and like a sniffer dog, it comes around and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, 
Like, and this is what this, like, I'm curing so, cancer here. So lads. hold on, you, you pick your nose. No, no, so I said sneeze. I no, said like, sneeze. I'm trying to think of a, a way of manual excavation effectively. Yeah, no, okay, that's, yeah. yeah. Look, look, okay, right, Neil, because. Um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> she started off sitting down having a chat with her sphincter at some point and going, hold on. Until My unreasonable sphincter. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it was like a brave heart where you're going, hold, <laughs> hold, <laughs> hold, and then Monday off you go. And then, I, I just want to clarify this, and then you move to the immune system. Yeah. So, so that was my analogy. Well, well first okay. of all, so as, re- as regards to the sphincter, it's, it's not actually a voluntary control thing. It's just that you, you do get... The, the bag can only contain so much. So if your sphincters are not going to go one way, it's backing up the other side, isn't no, it? No, really? I mean, you can. People are constipated for three or four or five or six days. It happens. Like, yeah, okay. it definitely does. There's literally room in there. Like, you'd be out to here, but you'd be happy. But, but there's... <laughs> like... Like, if you've been to those toilets and festivals, I like, don't know. Not. I don't it's know, not. would you be happy, to be honest with you? I think I'd be happier. I think if but then were... if you didn't want the other one, you could have a reason, and you could, like, have a little chat and be like, lads, we're on our way to the toilet. Like, you know, you wouldn't get caught short. None of this kind of stuff. You'd just be, but... be able... And no farting. Like, no farting in awkward situations, you know? No. Wouldn't happen. Now, I'm not talking... The immune system, so that was only my analogy. Is voluntary, in this case, that you're suggesting. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. As well, like we're not playing a tune. There's not a reason for this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but okay, hold on, I need to back up here. Well, most, most farting is voluntary, but the involuntary one, that's the one you'd be able to... Did you the... say most farting? Is this a party trick? Like, what are you going on? Most farting is definitely voluntary. You don't just fart when you want to. If you need to fart now, you're going to wait and do it outside, aren't you? I what sort of an animal are you? Jesus, <laughs> Simon. You disgust me, oh, Simon. What? Simon. Jesus, God, Simon. Is, okay, hold on. No, cause, that's cause... how a rocket gets into uh, space. <laughs> <laughs> we call that a space fart, and that's how it goes up. But that's not my actual power, or is the immune systemy thing. I just yeah. I shouldn't have started with poo because just everyone then focuses on poo. Okay. For the rest of the talk. I think you've missed something here because I I think this is a fantastic idea because what you haven't mentioned is that most of our colds are colds in response to nothing. Mm. Like our our body is a knee jerk re- reaction even if it's not a knee. Like it's most of our body going that might be dangerous. I'll vomit in case. 
like yeah. that's or I might be a little sick. I'm going to release a load of chemicals, make myself feel like ass for four days. But there's actually nothing there, so it's grand. And but so you could go, mate. I checked. We're fine. We're all right. <laughs> a lot of diseases are actually even so. Like the reason why bird flu, if I've got this right, or swine flu, sorry, killed people was because of their immune system overreacting. That's what mo- kills most people. Like even and all of autoimmune diseases, like multiple sclerosis, diabetes, all of these are your own immune system attacking your own organs. So, like, anyone who has diabetes, there's definitely someone here has diabetes, like, because it's so common. Imagine you could just go, actually, no, that, that pancreas, that's just mine. That's fine. Leave it alone. We had a word. We need it. It's fine. Wouldn't that be great? Well, like, the reason why I'm asking you is because thank as, you. as this is something this which... Awesome. I love it. You said brilliant. I have diabetes. Oh, do you? There you go. Get, get a microphone to this, fellow, if you wouldn't mind. Just, just wait, because... Don't mind a microphone. Give him a bar of chocolate. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Your key, your key, your key. <laughs> yes, I have diabetes, so what you're suggesting would be brilliant. Wouldn't But in that case, the question is that surely somebody actually is yeah, working well, guys. Yes. yes. Oh, Sorry, I'm well, like Dave. That's kind of that. unfair because we, the chances are we're going to have somebody who is diabetic that will back up Lara, whereas the chance of us having a spaceman <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah. Tim Peake is phoning in right now, just the text too long. What's the... So, so people are working on this, though. That must be the, the thing we're after to ask here, is that how we, people are working on finding ways of programming the immune system. Yeah, absolutely. How can we give this man hope? Well, actually, diabetes is, is a great one because there's a load of... Um, it's not a great one. Don't start like that. <laughs> it's gas crack. No, it's, it's, uh, it's great in terms of an example of how much work is happening in science. But it, we're not really trying to stop the immune system attacking it. We're sort of trying to clean up the mess by reintroducing the cells that have been destroyed in your case. So the immune system comes in and destroys these cells called the beta cells in your pancreas, in these awesome things called the islets of Langerhans. Like, isn't that pretty cool? And so they're now trying to make these cells and they'll re-inject them actually into your liver, not back into your pancreas, because your liver is sort of like a safe zone. So uh, that is, that's what they're doing, but that's not my so idea. That's stem cells, is it? That's actual scientists who are smart. That is stem cells. See, yeah. stem cells. It actually stem is. Cells. <laughs> or it might be carbon nanotubes, but I'm not 100% sure. Stem cells are like cell, cell, So, are, am I right in thinking stem cells are like master cells that can become any sort of cell in the body? Is that right? They're yeah. cells so, they're like kids who are just have done their Leaving Cert exams and they haven't decided what they're going to do. So, they could end up going to Trinity no, and becoming doctors, or they could end up going to Carlo IT and be be like the heel of the foot or something. <laughs> kind that, of. It's more that they'll actually actually have a job, which is the difference in today's economy. Like that's the thing. Ooh. They're guaranteed. Stem so, cells go somewhere. Or they die, actually maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of it. Well hopefully then the leaving cell students aren't gonna die. So I mean they're not exactly the same. But yeah that's essentially the so job. You're saying of stem, cell. stem cells will go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Is this on the list? That's the question. Uh, I think it should be on the list because um, I think for me to just rule out something that I have no or understanding of whatsoever (laughs) over the last five minutes, I think that the immune system is a good thing. I think diabetes is one of those things that should be solved. I think that the man over there looks like he's quite aggressive and should be helped (laughs) as soon as humanly possible. So I think, uh, yeah, I think us trying to improve our immune system is a good thing, definitely. And uh, I think Lara, if she has proved anything today, is definitely the one to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Assuming she's not at a festival talking to her own bowel. Okay, audience, you've got a tough one here because both these are on the short list already, but I'm sure you can come up with better suggestions. So uh, we're gonna go to you, the people of the Science Gallery in Dublin. Anybody got an idea? Put your hand up now, we'll get a microphone to you as soon as possible. 
you knew this was coming. I mean, it's, it's been... Have you actually oh, been intimidated look. by these ideas? Can we come to you first and we'll come to you then afterwards, if you don't mind. Please say your name and tell us what your idea Hi, is. Hi, my name is Katrina. Uh, I've seen last week Immortal Jellyfish on the YouTube and on Wikipedia afterwards. I was searching more about it. So I would suggest Immortality. Immortality. Yeah. Do you know, this is, this is one of the ones that's come up a lot in our podcast and it's been the one that divides the audience most. Okay, by whipping, who would like to live forever? Okay. They're not the brightest people in the world, the people who want to live forever, are they? <laughs> they did put their hand up, it was like they were in class. So that was a good thing. Okay, if you want to die, whip. <laughs> Lara, you whipped. Tell us, why are you so keen on mortality? I just think you get really bored. Like, I, I, I genuinely... I suppose the thing is, is if everyone's immortal, yeah, maybe that's, that's a little bit different. But then, so if you're immortal, then you can't really go having kids because then there's just going to be so many people. So you're talking about no kids ever. Like, Why is that automatic out of interest? Why, uh, like it's not Highlander. I know that was basically the plot that you've described there, that they can't have kids. Has anyone, have I just spoiled the end of Highlander? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. You know what? Actually, no, it's rubbish, but it's great. Watch it, you know. Well, like, I think, I think if, if you were going to live forever, then having children would be selfish because then there'd be too many children. And then if you couldn't have children, it'd be like that movie with Clive Owen where they couldn't have any kids, but then they had that one baby and everyone went absolutely mental to get to that one baby. And it was really hard. Is horrible. that not the Bible? Yeah, well, it was whatever it was, it was terrifying. And it just sounds awful, like. Oh, but what age, like, see, with the immortal jellyfish, what age do you stay when you... Oh. The immortal jellyfish is a really cool one in particular because it actually has what we call trans differentiation. So it, it kind they of come back. Uh, it becomes the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you can be. You know, no, I know we're in Trinity College and there are some Protestants here, so <laughs> there will be an argument about that. But you're not going to like this evolution malarkey. Full stop. Though, no, the, actually, schools. oddly enough, the Catholic Church. Uh, um, is, is doesn't teach against uh, evolution, and uh, everybody always thinks it does, but it doesn't. What does it do instead? Well, uh, well, I can't say that, but uh, if, you've, <laughs> if you've seen Spotlight, you'll know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who thinks that will make the edit. <laughs> of... <laughs> okay, but the thing with this is, it does grow up and then it gets younger again. It kind of it's it's a yo-yo organism. It's Benjamin Button. It's. Again, a better film it would be. But, okay. You know. The Clive Owen one. With the See, I mean, are you, uh, there's questions about immortality. Like, do you want living for, uh, forever is fine. Like, the first question I would ask is, what age are you going to be? And uh, second question I'd ask is, do you have Irish or American Netflix? Oh. <laughs> like, that would be a serious question. I think because I think we're Laura. I think we're we're going to be off, opti- we're going to be opposites here because I'm mm. I'm ultimately optimistic for all this, which is why this podcast exists. Even like I'm pro more people. Have you reading. seen Death Becomes Her? With, with Goldie Hawn. With Goldie Hawn? No. Has anyone seen that? Yeah. Why is this all movie references? This would be really you just mentioned Highlander a second ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You started it. this. But, but, but Death Becomes Her, have you seen it, David? I haven't seen it, no. Like, at, by the end, so basically they can't die, but they keep being kind of shoved back together. And, like, bits are falling off them. And, like... Yeah, okay, let's, let's go for the most optimistic form of okay. mortality. We're talking okay. eternal youth. We're talking everything. Um, and no overpopulation. No, I'm, what, what do you think of overpopulation is, though? Because I'm for expansion as well. I want us going to go to Mars and messing up Mars as well. I feel like we need deadlines to do stuff. That, like, if I don't have a deadline, I just mm. don't do anything. So if I know I'm never going to die, I'll just sit yeah, down. <laughs> you, don't, you don't actually think... I mean, no. I, like, you, 
forget about everything I said about you earlier on. That, <laughs> but that is absolutely genius. We'd never get anything done if we didn't have a deadline. We're and it's literally a deadline as well. <laughs> We're going to have to move on. Is this on the shortlist? Uh, that's definitely on the shortlist, yeah, just because of the stuff that it is, is generated, yeah. Give Katrina a big round of applause. Uh, we have the next suggestion over here, please. What's your name? Tell us it. I'm Steve Potter, and uh, enhancement. I'm looking forward to. I think it'll be a lot easier to control the nervous system than the, than the immune system, and I think maybe with fiber optics and optogenetics, uh, we could be able to just turn off and on whichever part of our brain we wish. What on earth is optogenetics? You said that like optogenetics is uh, taking light-sensitive genes from algae and bacteria and splicing it into our nervous system. So fiber optics to control our nervous system. That's right. And yeah. that is a, I think that's a brilliant idea, although I don't know if, what's your name again? Steve Potter. Stephen would be familiar with the uh, rural broadband system in Ireland. But <laughs> 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 well, that's massively optimistic. Um, we, we're trying to get our house hooked up. catching immortal jellyfishes, to be honest. <laughs> can, can you just imagine, actually, if your nervous network was like dial-up? It has to go through those really annoying noises. <laughs> I'm going to question this, actually. No, because you, you try and get your liver going, and your liver will go, your call is important to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are in a queue. <laughs> this nervous system signal is being recorded for training and quality purposes. <laughs> press, press one if you want to talk to your sphincter, Lara. <laughs> what? Sorry, sorry. Press number two if you want to talk to your sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the question here, because I, I can see why you want this, because you want reactions which are light speed effectively. That's what you're going for. To be able to even just to go to sleep when you want to, or to wake up when you want to. Well, because if it's, if, well, because if it's when you want to, it's the programming that matters more than the speed. And here the question becomes, we know already that say people are playing cricket, baseball, all those things are reacting faster than their nervous system actually reacts. What? So we already have a means of being faster. Like we have a the idea of the muscle memory of having things like those those balls are travelling faster than people could actually hit them if they were reliant only on the That's what the system. horse said. <laughs> <laughs> so Lara, do you think this is actually possible? How can we pimp the nervous system to make it better? I suppose it just depends exactly yeah, like you're talking about basically being able to decide decide to, to remember something or to forget, to decide to fall asleep, to decide so to have this kind of I mean, in fairness, I would be an absolute hypocrite if I didn't like this because I said I wanted to defy evolution. But I actually I don't want that because that's too much control for me. I can't deal with that. Could I ask a serious question in this? So, uh, so if you could use fiber optics, could you, could you then replace damaged parts of the nervous system? So if somebody couldn't, if somebody was paraplegic, would then use uh, fiber optics and then that could help people walk again? Would that be... Yeah. Uh, Even to, to, to retrain parts of the brain that aren't being used very much. You know, there's a lot of extra real estate there that could be repurposed. A little bit of training, fiber optics, optogenetics, that, that ought to do it. He's saying long words. I like him. <laughs> so, well, that's it. That's definitely it. That's in yeah. the shortlist. Please give him a round of applause. Thank you. You're making this hard for yourself, Neil. These are all being very optimistically rated. Yeah, but I'm not taking notes, so it's fine. We <laughs> have no idea what I said yes to. But please, can we come to you first? To remove all emotions except happiness, because that would mean that everyone would just be content with everything, and politicians could just do anything, and no one would care. 
I, okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> but that's just Californians, though, isn't it? <laughs> how, how would you know you're happy if you only had one emotion? You just have emotion or a kind of a level state, wouldn't you? You wouldn't. Could somebody please, as this is an Irish audience, someone please speak up for misery? This is <laughs> Well, we get a microphone to these people here while we wait. Well, all our, all our greatest works of art are miserable. And, like, Angela's Ashes w- would be terrible if it was, like, oh, it was sunny all the time <laughs> and I had long trousers and, oh, it was great, it never rained. So all great art certainly is produced from misery. So that would be one downside to your suggestion. That's I kind of want to build on her suggestion. And instead of, like, removing them all, just, like, switches. Switches where you could turn on and off what emotion you wanted at each time. You're kind of perhaps missing the point of what emotion does, though. Uh, But, like, you wake up one morning and you're sad and you don't want to be sad anymore, so you just turn it off. You do that through alcohol. (laughs) In fact, you were probably over there about wanting to go to sleep when you can. Alcohol. (laughs) Thinking you're immortal. 12 points. Alcohol. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> In fact, I've solved all the world's problems. Can I be the winner of this podcast? Is, when we say all the world's problems, <laughs> like, is this actually how we all start all the problems as well? Like, are we only end up having fights instead or something? You don't want to... Uh, no, st- and also, alcohol is not just a solution, because to get to I love you drunk, you kind of have to get through I hate you drunk. They're different... Levels of it. There's, there's moments when I realise just how Northern Irish you are, and that was one of those moments. Where I, was, <laughs> I have to go through. I hate you, drunk. Yeah. Can you not just go? Hey, hey you. Uh, we have lots of stuff in common. And come, 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 come. Oh, hey, I love you. Rather than you know, I hate you. But you're okay. I kind of like you as well. Explains <laughs> a lot, doesn't it? It does explain a huge amount. Whereas you're full on. I don't want to fail anymore. <laughs> I like that's full on millennial. I don't want to fail. I want to play Pokemon and smile. That's all I want to do. Like, in fairness, these are the people over here that've lived a little bit longer. They want to improve the lot of the, the human race. But the two younger people are going, it's about me and how I feel all the time. I'm sad generally, but if I want to star in a Tampax ad flick, hello, everything's great. Everybody's always happy in those ads, so yeah. So if it, can I have a switch where I can stop ranting with you? We go, okay, all right, all right, because here's a problem. Uh, this kind of exists. So I know there's at least some research that they've done on rats where they were able to have orgasm switches. And basically... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, how would you make a rat orgasm? (laughs) So actually, by whipping, who wants an orgasm switch? Every woman here, look, everyone. (laughs) Look, and every fella going, I wouldn't be able to find it anyway. Sorry. There was no way for that. Who, who thinks this is sick and wrong or bad? Or can I, can I ask about the, the rat orgasm switch? Is that a man walked into a lab, caught another man with a rat just doing something weird? And he went, oh, I'm conducting a study on whether rats... I have a grant for this, I promise. If, um... 
For the people at home, you were kind of testiculating as yes. you said that. Yes. <laughs> Can I say it? I, for once, I don't think that should be on the shortlist. I think the things that make us human are our emotions. So I'm going to rule that one out with the shortlist, I'm afraid. Bad luck. We'll give her a big round of applause on your right. So, before we get to this, we've got one final suggestion. We're going to take this from Mother Nature. We like to call this the sort of splice from life. Uh, Neil, can you describe this creature for the people at home who can't see it? What are we looking at here? Uh, I can't really see it. It's a hammerhead shark. Yes, yeah, it's Yes, uh, yeah. Um, what would you steal from a hammerhead shark? Because this has got some incredible capabilities. Um, well, I suppose the fact that its two eyes are uh, spread out on its head gives us a very wild field of vision. It's got, vision. That's a very good start, but the one I'm going to tell you about is uh, shark skin. So shark skin has got incredible antimicrobial capabilities. No microbes seem to grow on it, or not very many. They're starting to add it to uh, hospital handles to try and stop the spread of MRSA and things right now. Shark skin handles. Yeah. Actual. Wow. You just look like a Not like love handles. It's not like, you know, as ones to keep actual shark skin for these things. Would you like this? Well, yeah, but how am I going to use it? Like you, so I would wear a shark skin, so I wouldn't get MRSA. Yeah, more or less. Okay. It's it's called denticles. The trouble is, so they're covered in tiny little teeth. Like we don't have to brush their entire bodies, but this is kind of how it works. Does it replace your own skin, or do you put it on like a suit? It's basically what their skin is. So I suppose this is what we'd be making our skin instead. Yeah, I think it would be cool. I mean, why would you not want something that is antimicrobial? On, on, on the handles, toothy. though, if there's low little tiny teeth, is it not like, oh, I'm not infected, but Jesus, I'm bleeding everywhere? <laughs> like, is it not? It just doesn't sound... Hold on, if you rubbed up against somebody who was wearing it upside down, would you stick together? <laughs> Accident. Nightclubs would get very interesting, this kind of Velcro-like approach. You, could, there'd be no, you couldn't have sex if you were all covered in little teeth. And then you would need the orgasm you... switch, so... <laughs> Do you wear your clothes when you're... It's my skin. No, that's your own... I don't rip my skin off before I have sex. <laughs> well, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we're into. <laughs> so, hold on, I guess that's So you're actually talking about your, uh, getting that skin skin. and putting it into your skin. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That'd be deadly. All right. <laughs> Tiny teeth all over us. Okay. So you made this quite... <laughs> <laughs> now I said it sounds a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? It <laughs> sounds like you're at an orgy with a jockey. <laughs> okay, you've got a lot to choose from. <laughs> oh, jeez. Do you ever regret your life choices? This is one of those <laughs> oh, come on, we have to go to that guy, because you've been great so far. Tell us your name as well, though, because we didn't get it earlier. Uh, my name's Ian. Hello, Ian. Uh, but if you covered yourself in anti-microbac uh, uh, skin the whole time, would you not increase the amount of allergies that people were getting? Because you wouldn't be exposed to lesser bugs. Have you ever seen a shark sneezing? <laughs> <laughs> Have no, you ever seen a shark, though, in fairness? Like there's, so. there's been a, there's been a, the series has been an increase of allergies in kids because of the high use of antimicrobial uh, products in, in kitchens and in homes. So That's if your fair. whole skin was covered in it, uh, you'd never be exposed to lesser bugs. And when you did get sick, you'd probably die. He's good, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's right because sir, uh, Sweden has brilliant um, uh, statistical analysis on their healthcare system. Because basically, once you go in there, they track you forever and ever and ever and ever. And they found out that if you live on a farm, you have a much less likely uh, chance of getting allergies or uh, hay fever or indeed asthma. So maybe you would get that 
once you've built up, I suppose, I assume you build up most of your immunities as a child, so yeah. you'd only get the shark skin, uh, maybe for your Debs or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Or so confirmation. You're, you're 17 or 18, or maybe a confirmation, right? Oh, look, we've got a lot of money for his confirmation. But anyway, um, so maybe you could get it put in later when you've developed all your uh, immunities, I suppose. Mm. Have I actually just logically kind of answered that question? <laughs> right, um, I'm afraid we're out of time, so you're going to have to make this a quick choice. Yep. Do you want David's idea of radio- radiation proofing? Um, we won't go into how. Yeah. Uh, Laura's idea of a voluntary immune response. I'm not going to go for David's because it's too complicated and, it, and we were protected on Earth anyway. Sorry, David. Sorry, David. Okay. Um, we've got Lara's idea of immuno voluntary immuno, like controlling your immune system. With yeah, just being able to kind of. Yeah, yeah that's, that's still there. Tell what else it we like. got? We've got uh, Katrina's idea of immortality. We've got Steve's idea of a better fiber optic nervous system. Yeah. Or, well, you kind of. Yeah, you didn't want the tiny teeth. So it's just down to those three immortality, better fiber optic nerves. Or immunovoluntary systems? I think for the moment I would go with Steve and the uh, fibre optic nerves because if you live forever and ever and ever, I mean, I'm just picturing the winning streak audience. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please get a microphone to this fellow? Because that was a. Because, well, basically you've won. You're kind of the I king think that's of this a brilliant room. idea, yeah. So I think we give Steve a round of applause. How does it feel to um, have shoved fiber optics down every so? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it working. Oh. <laughs> Can I just ask, you don't work for Virgin Media by any chance, do you? No, Actually, no, I shouldn't have here. asked that question. We'd never get through to you if you did. <laughs> I just want to actually ask, because you know you're talking about this optogenetic stuff. Does that mean, like, again, if they go sunbathing, sunbathing we switch off or something? Like, Say again, let's say. If, so if, if these are light-sensitive cells, and we're going to have these all over our body, if we go sunbathing... Does it switch us on and off again or something? Yeah, it has to be the right wavelength. So uh, if it's not exactly the right wavelength... So you go to a rave and you're on the disco rave. A rave, some unexpected things. You'd have to wear the tinfoil hats. (laughs) Any excuse, I'm for it. Well, thank you. We're going to take that idea and uh, we're going to inject it straight into our species and see if we can find a needle big enough. Perfect. Before we go off, though, I'd love you to give our audience here at the Science Gallery a huge round of applause. We'd also like to thank our guests. We've had Dave McEwen. We've had Lara Dungan. We've had Dave McEwen. We've had Neil Delamere. I've been your host, Simon Watts. This is Level Up Human. Thank you and good night. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to leveluphuman.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.